Hi everyone, Dr. B here again. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Ask the Dentist. So today's episode's interesting, not just for the question, that's certainly a very interesting topic, one that I'm very fond of and and have done a lot of research in and, and have dealt with a lot with my patients. But it's interesting in the sense that it's really going to delineate the difference between what I was back when I came out of dental school and for 10, 15 years. And that was a, I don't want to use the word conventional, but I was a well-trained kind of academic dentist, good clinical skills, but with very little background in the functional approach. And that's the big picture. It's dealing with root cause approach and solving the problem to begin with instead of just treating symptoms, signs and symptoms. And this will come out in this discussion. So I'm going to have Morgan ask her question. And here she is. Hi, I would really love to learn more about clenching and its root cause and the relationship to gum recession. So how to stop clenching in order to prevent your gums from further receding. Thank you. Thanks, Morgan. Great question. Root cause of grinding. Boy, that's a big topic. And Still a little bit of the undiscovered country in dentistry, but I'm going to talk about kind of where we were with grinding and what we think now. And I'm so glad you asked about what is the root cause, because that's really where we should be focusing on. If we could address that, then none of us will clench. I'm also going to throw in grinding as well. Clenching and grinding are a little different. Clenching is kind of a tightening and pressing together of the two arches, the teeth together and same kind of muscular motion, almost the same. And then grinding is this back and forth forward movement or a circular movement where the teeth are really getting beat up. I mean, there's a lot of wear and the teeth are more worn with a Bruxer where with clenching, there may not be a lot of wear. So sometimes that'll throw off the dentist because that's what we're looking for is wear. I can see Bruxism or the effects of Bruxism from a conversational distance where clenching is a little tougher. I'm 62 years old. I had a clenching issue for a long time until I addressed the root cause. I'll talk about that. And I have no wear on my teeth. I mean, I still have my little mammalons or developmental grooves on my anterior teeth, which is something you have as a kid. And typically, most of us wear that away in our early adult years. And then grinders, of course, wear their teeth down all to the same level. They're very sharp. They start cracking, getting little craze lines, and they're all at the same height. Typically, the central incisors are a little bit longer than the laterals. The cuspids have a sharp point. And all of that gets worn down to the same to the same level with grinders. But the root cause is similar, so I'm going to throw that in there. So if you hear me talking about bruxing, it can apply most of the time to clenching, and I'll try and piece that out. But anyway, here we go. We're going to talk about kind of the approach that you'll typically see, and then you'll hear me talk about the functional approach. All right, so what exactly is clenching and grinding? And instead of using the word grinding, I'm going to use the word bruxism. That's a more correct term. So clenching and bruxing or bruxism are essentially the same thing. So in the old days, maybe only as far back as 10 years ago, we just used the word bruxing. Actually, we used the word grinding at first, dental grinding, dental bruxism came later, but it was all under just one big category. And then lately, and this is important, and I'm going to come back to why it's important, but we've divided clenching, grinding, bruxing into two different categories because the etiologies have, there are two different etiologies. In other words, there are two different reasons why we grind. So very simply, there's sleep bruxism, there's grinding at night, and then there's daytime or what we call awake bruxism or clenching. That's it. Two different categories. So 
obviously, from what I just said, there is a difference between why we grind during the day as opposed to why we grind at night. So what are the root causes of both? Let me start off with awake grinding. So the root cause there, and these were the reasons we gave 10, 15 years ago when there were no two categories. So back then, grinding in general was due to stress, anxiety, anger, tension, and also a misaligned bite. But it could also be trauma, you know, due to falling, you know, the, the teeth can break. It could also be poor facial development. Let's say you weren't able to breastfeed, your mouth breathing and your face doesn't develop in its full width, its capacity of, of growing to its full width. And all of those things lead to a lot of aggressive orthodontic work at age 10, 11, or 12. And that's a form of trauma. Getting wired up and having headgear can certainly cause someone to grind later on. Also, when you have your wisdom teeth taken out, I call that aggressive oral surgery. Sometimes the surgeon, it's tough to get way back there and the tooth is underneath the gum and embedded in bone. And sometimes they open you too far. So falling and then iatrogenic dentistry, stuff that is caused by aggressive dentistry. And then sometimes we have teeth taken out for premolars to accommodate the limited space and to allow all the teeth to come in or to arrange them all into a nice arch form with braces. And that's pretty aggressive too. And that can cause grinding as well. The reason grinding can be caused by misalignment of the teeth or how the teeth come together, and this is a very complicated subject, it's called occlusion in dentistry, is because if they don't fit together and mesh well together, and again, these aren't flat surfaces. These are three-dimensional little grooves and valleys and mountains that all have very specific positions where they have to meet all at the same time. I mean, there's a lot that has to go right for the bite to come together nicely without one tooth hitting more or harder than the other teeth. So having a very nice, well-balanced occlusion is difficult. And I think it's more difficult these days because we're not developing properly. Our ancestors had beautiful occlusion and they didn't suffer as much from grinding and clenching. The only time we see signs of grinding and clenching that would be wear on the teeth, actually just grinding, it was because they were eating a diet that was milled wheat or a milled barley and a little bit of the milling process, a lot of these little stone particles would end up in their meal and that would wear the teeth as they were chewing. So that's how we typically explain a lot of wear. You may look at an old, you know, skull or jawbone with teeth in it from five, six, eight hundred thousands of years ago, and you may see that wear and you may misinterpret that as being clenching or grinding, but it's more the diet. So, but anyway, so awake grinding, this has always been kind of occlusion. This is how we've always explained grinding and clenching overall. It's uh, stress, anger, trauma, tension, and occlusion, the bite. Now, I think five, six, seven years ago, sleep bruxism was defined. And then we separated the two because at night, the reason we grind is completely different. It is associated with sleep and a narrowing airway. So if you have sleep apnea, grinding your teeth, moving them around, really you could call it thrusting your jaw, maybe to help open the airway as you're going into deep sleep and your airway collapses and your jaw falls back, you know, your body panics. Even though you're in deep sleep, your body panics and it starts thrusting that jaw. It's really become a sleep-related movement disorder. That's what grinding at night is all about. So that's sleep proxism. So it's a little different than awake bruxism, obviously. And, you know, when you grind your teeth, whether it's at night or during the day, 
you're going to suffer from jaw disorders, headaches, you're going to damage your teeth, your dental bill will go up, you'll be getting a lot more crowns, maybe even full mouth reconstruction. If the grinding and clenching is being treated when you're young, and that could be treated with orthodontics, again, that's expensive as well. And it also causes gum recession. And I'm going to come back to that, but that's part of your question. And I want to make sure I answer that, Morgan. So anyway, so what are the risk factors that go along with grinding? I, I want to throw that in there just so that you can understand what goes along with it. And a lot of people, the reason I'm saying this is because a lot of people, especially men, are in complete denial about grinding. I will be with a patient in the operatory, meeting them for the first time, get to know them first, of course, before I start giving them the bad news. And I'll tell them that they grind and I haven't even yet taken a look in the mouth, done a clinical exam. And they're right away very defensive. Most of the time, this could happen at a get together or a party where I'm talking with someone and I'll mention that to them. Sometimes I get an elbow in my side for my wife. That's a whole different story. But it's important to listen to a dentist because you don't want to be in denial about bruxism. It causes so much damage to your teeth. It, it costs a lot. And people that eventually get their bruxism dealt with, they've gotten rid. I'm looking to this list of risk factors that I'm going to list off here in a minute. They've dealt with all these other issues that are on this list. And overall, they're going to feel better. So what are the risk factors? So stress, I've talked about that. Age, interestingly enough. A lot of kids will grind and then grow out of it. I've also noticed that the older we get, then there's kind of a sweet spot is, you know, in our mid-years. And then later, especially after someone's had a lot of dental work, the grinding can come back and it can be quite deleterious, uh, especially to your psyche, to your well-being, because it's painful. And it could also be related to sleep. And I'm going to get to that as well. And sleep gets worse as we get older. Also, personality type. That's a risk factor. If you're type A, you're more likely to grind. Women grind and clench more than men do as well. So gender, although I'm not sure about that, and that's what you'll read, but there's more to that, I think. And then medications, caffeine, antidepressants, tobacco use, alcohol, even though alcohol is the opposite of caffeine. It's interesting. Um, and recreational drugs. Recreational drugs will definitely get you to start grinding more. Genetics. There are a lot of people that are very predisposed to grinding. It runs in families. I think that's related to airway issues. I can't really explain that better than relating it to airway issues. Again, another risk factor. Other disorders that go along with grinding are GERD. That's where you regurgitate your stomach acids, and that's associated with sleep apnea. So I think you're seeing some correlation here where sleep, which is related to GERD, which is related to bruxism. These are all kind of not comorbidities, but it's kind of a cluster of things that you should be looking for. And if you're suffering from some of these or all of them, then you're not just going to be treating grinding, you're going to be treating your sleep, for example. ADHD, kids grind a lot with ADD, ADHD, but there's a connection between ADHD and sleep. There we go again. <laughs> Dementia, not sure about that, and obstructive sleep apnea. So there's a, a very strong connection, obviously, between sleep bruxism and sleep. And then I would say even I would push that a little further, saying that if you're grinding all night, then due to sleep related issues, collapsing airway, then perhaps that's going to carry over during the day. Maybe you've got the muscle memory. Your muscles are very developed. It could be a bite issue, a narrow arch as well, which contributes to a narrow airway. But because the bite is off, I mean, it can be a cluster of things and they can all be related. 
Also, another risk factor, of course, is misalignment of teeth. We've talked about that. Improper orthodontic treatment, aggressive orthodontics, taking teeth out, trying to get all those teeth into position, the teeth crowding again afterwards after you've had braces and you didn't wear your retainer, aggressive and difficult oral surgery. We've talked about that. And then trauma due to falling accidents. And you don't necessarily have to hit your jaw. It can be falling. And as you're bracing yourself, your teeth come together and your bite may be off a little bit and you're going to break a tooth or damage one side of your jaw joint, one or the other or both, and damage the meniscus. And from then on, hopefully not forever, but from then on, you're going to have some bite issues, which can lead to more grinding and clenching. So those are the risk factors. I do want to run through a list of symptoms. I want you to be able to ask yourself these questions. Again, back to the denial thing. A lot of people deny that they clench and grind. Their sleep partner may say that they do all night long, but the person that is grinding their teeth at night, sleep proxism, they will deny it. So here's a list and maybe this will help. So the first thing I would ask is your sleep disrupted. Are you a tossing and turning kind of sleeper? Are you tired? Do you snore? If that's true, then it's very likely that you are suffering from sleep bruxism. Do you have a little white line on the inside of your cheek? That's kind of chewing, biting on the inside of your cheek. We call that the linea albia. It's very visible to the naked eye, to the layperson. You could even have your partner take a look, just shine a flashlight into your mouth. And on the sides of the cheek, parallel to the plane of occlusion, the biting plane of occlusion, you'll see a little white line. Some people that grind a lot can actually feel it, and they're not even aware of it till we mention it, and they're like, oh my God, what is that? Should we biopsy it? Kind of thing. So check for that. That's a good sign that you're grinding. Do you get headaches? Do you wake up with headaches in the morning, sore muscles, your cheek muscles, your TMJ joint hurts, you have an earache? It can even work down into your upper neck muscles. A lot of people that have neck pain are lifting their head off the pillow at night trying to breathe. And that translates to a lot of clenching and grinding, of course, but also to a lot of kind of upper back, lower neck pain. I actually had a lot of that before I treated my sleep apnea. I had a lot of neck pain and shoulder pain. And I thought it was, you know, the occupational hazard of being a dentist, kind of looking down at my patient all day long. And as soon as I got rid of all my sleep interruptions with an oral appliance, all of that went away within six months. And I tried everything. I tried... Uh, you know, yoga and stretching and, you know, weightlifting to strengthen that area, the girdle of muscles around the neck. And it helped. I mean, but it really didn't do the job. I wasn't treating the root cause. Do you have increased tooth pain or sensitivity? Also, I would add to that list gum recession, because if you have gum recession, that's going to make your teeth more sensitive because your roots are exposed. So those are tied together. Tired jaw muscles. Does your jaw lock? open or closed? Does it not close completely? Is your enamel worn? And are your teeth very worn looking? Do you have a lot of fractured teeth or craze lines, chipped teeth? Are any of the teeth mobile? Another word for the teeth being loose. And then, you know, you may be aware that you are clenching or someone's telling you that you're clenching or grinding in your sleep. And it may be very noisy. A lot of parents are very alarmed as to how noisy their children are, how loud their children are when they're grinding. I've heard them say they can hear it in the next room. So these are the kind of questions you wanna ask yourself. And if you can answer yes to one or more of those, chances are you definitely are clenching and grinding and you should get worked up for that. Okay, so some of the causes of grinding are medications, trauma, improper bite, misalignment of the bite, and sleep. That's basically the major causes of grinding. 
So how do dentists deal with that? Well, typically, and this is kind of something that every dentist learns, uh, they want to protect the teeth. They also want to try and realign the bite like an orthotic would realign your gait or your alignment of your legs so that you don't have pain in your joints anymore. So we do that with a an orthotic, essentially. It's a piece of plastic, nylon, polyethylene, and we form it and shape it and modify it so that the upper and lower jaw meet properly. And we essentially take away the misalignment issue. But of course, you can't wear that during the day. You're wearing it at night, and then during the day, again, misalignment is there. Also, you can protect your teeth from grinding and prevent that wear from occurring, but you do have to insert something over the teeth. And again, that's hard to wear during the day. So again, this is not treating the root cause. This is a Band-Aid approach. It's treating the symptoms and the signs of grinding. So I've steered away from that. 10, 15 years ago, I stopped making mouth guards, especially for people that were grinding at night due to sleep disorder breathing issues, because it turns out, and there are studies that support this, that if a dentist makes you a night guard, they could actually be making the sleep apnea worse because the alignment of the jaw is different. And again, you're trying to thrust your jaw to keep the airway open. You can actually make your sleep worse. And that's a big no-no. We should not be doing that. So if you're clenching and grinding and your dentist wants to make you a mouthpiece, a night guard, or an occlusal splint, an occlusal splint will cost a little bit more because they're trying to look at the bite. A mouth guard just simply covers your teeth and protects your teeth. That'll be cheaper. Typically, a mouth guard is $200 to $300, and a occlusal splint can be $600 to $1,200. A lot of work goes into that. So, I mean, that's kind of the old approach. Does it always address the root cause? No, it doesn't, especially if it is sleep that is the reason for your grinding. So, I would be very careful of that, and you don't want to sleep less well and just protect your teeth. That's not the right way to go about it. Now, if you're grinding during the day only and there's no nighttime bruxing, sleep bruxism, and again, I don't see that too often, but it's possible, then chances are it's your occlusion. It's a bite misalignment and the teeth aren't meshing well together. So you definitely want to seek out a specialist, someone who can make you an occlusal splint or an orthodontist, whether you're a kid, child, or an adult, get the teeth lined up properly. And sometimes Invisalign can do that. A simple case of Invisalign can help and make you clench more. I've treated a lot of thousands of patients with Invisalign and the ones that have tight muscles, facial pain, and they grind and clench a lot, just the act of wearing the aligners and then eventually the bite being better, a lot of that goes away. So that's something to consider. And remember, mild clenching, even mild grinding, I'm willing to say that, it is not a bad thing. But there is a parafunctional version of it where you're wearing your teeth, you're in pain, you have sensitive teeth, the hot and cold, your gums are receding, your jaw joint hurts, you're not sleeping well. So just be aware of that. Not everyone that clenches. Some people clench as they're, you know, when they're lifting weights and, and that's not a bad thing. It depends on how much of that you do. So if it's just daytime grinding, then, you know, get the bite corrected. The night guards, the occlusal splints are band-aids. They're orthotics, essentially. Try and treat the root cause, and that would be getting the teeth into the right position. Let them mesh together properly. Occlusion is very three-dimensional, very complex, and you really need to see someone that does this a lot every day, not just your general dentist. There are some general dentists that are very skilled at this, but you don't want to take any chances. So, And also, you know, the daytime grinding, you, know, you have to manage your stress. Find out what's causing you to 
bite down. And if you're aware of it during the day, that would be great. I recommend to my patients to put up post-its in the car, on their rear view mirror, at work, in their cubicle, at home, maybe on the TV. And every time they see that post-it, you don't have to write anything on it. Every time they see that post-it, I want them to think, are my teeth together? Are they together hard and moving and clenching? Am I using my muscles to really squeeze you know, my two arches together? And if that's the case, then something's bugging you. Something is kind of triggering that response. So you know, start looking at your caffeine intake, caffeine and tobacco, those two things. And caffeine is in almost everything. Be very careful. There's a lot of stealth caffeine. Look to see and measure in milligrams if you can. What is your caffeine intake? Caffeine will fire up these muscles and you'll start grinding. And typically the bites off a little bit. So if there's a little premature contact and you're taking a lot of caffeine, those two things together will make you grind a lot. Some dentists will say that the grinding is designed to wear down that premature contact so that your bite does fit together. That's a very simplistic view, but it's not impossible or it's not unreasonable to think of it that way. And again, we really don't know why we grind. We think it's airway collapse at night. We think it's stress and meds and caffeine. These are all working theories and that we've been working with over the decade. So biofeedback, cognitive therapy with splint therapy, if you're an extreme grinder and You've had your teeth, you know, aligned properly. That has worked well. I've seen that happen. That's something I'm not able to do as a dentist, but I can work with someone on that. So I would not think of that as something that is, you know, unreasonable. Biofeedback is a great option and it basically monitors your stress and it allows you to change that. And I've seen some incredible results in that area. Occlusal adjustment. I call this occlusal equilibration. Teeth are in pretty good position. They all look good. Arch form looks good. No crowding. Sometimes the dentist has to go in there and take off a little enamel. And this is a very complicated kind of process. A lot of planning goes into this process beforehand. Uh, With kids, it's a little bit easier. But when you're taking down and and removing permanent enamel, again, we're talking about microns, you really want to make sure you're taking away the right enamel. So occlusal equilibration, I love doing that because it usually ends up just fixing the problem almost immediately. But you have to be very, very careful and you have to go in stages. And usually it's one or two or three, sometimes four or five visits, but it works very, very well. That's occlusal equilibration. And usually you don't have to get numb for that. So it's very small changes. And a lot of the reduction of tooth surface can be from a crown or filling. Again, that's that iatrogenic aspect of the bite of occlusion. You've maybe had a lot of dentists in your lifetime and one or two or three of these crowns or fillings. It's a hodgepodge of different occlusal heights and and the fit doesn't go well. So sometimes it's just removal of a man-made surface. And that's always nice when you can fix that. Sometimes it takes a few minutes. It can be one little premature hit. It's usually a filling, a high filling or a high crown. And then, you know, there are surgeries that could address the root cause of your grinding and clenching, and that's sleep bruxism. That would be a surgery related to the airway. That would be sleep surgery. That would be opening up the airway, supporting the airway. The other thing that works well is an oral appliance. That's an appliance that's designed to keep your jaw from falling back at night. This is a accepted treatment now for sleep apnea, and it can be used in conjunction with the CPAP, but anything you can do to support your airway can indirectly take care of your grinding and clenching. So anyway, so that's get a mouth guard, you know, look at your caffeine intake, treat your sleep issues. It's complicated, right? I mean, there's a lot to know. So again, this is a very important question. And I would consider 
all the risk factors that I read and all the symptoms and try and narrow it down to what is the root cause. A simple night guard is a Band-Aid at best. And in the beginning, yes, it may be something you want to use for a short period of time, but I would encourage you to really dig deep on this and look for the root causes. So Morgan, now to your very last question. And, you know, I don't want to make it seem like it's not that important. It is. It is one of the comorbidities of grinding. And we don't quite understand why the gums recede when the teeth are being vertically challenged with, you know, clenching forces and grinding forces. Grinding forces are these lateral sweeping motions that are whacking away at these cusps and creating a lot of lateral and vertical forces where clenching is just a lot of vertical forces. And the human, you know, musculature of clenching, the masseter muscle, and there are several others, but we can exert a lot of force. It's two to 400 pounds per square foot. And people that do that all day long, I mean, that's a parafunctional habit. We should only be chewing and that's it. I mean, that's what those muscles are there for. So at rest, you can have your teeth lightly touching. In fact, that's recommended. Your tongue, of course, should be up against the roof of your mouth. But other than that, there's no other reason to be clenching or chewing or bringing your teeth together. Even when we speak, we rarely, our teeth rarely touch. It's really the tongue touching the front teeth. And so I would definitely consider the root cause of gum recession as clenching and grinding. And it could be that the forces are so strong that the tissue and the fibers, the little periodontal ligaments, the fibers that connect the tissue to the bone and to the teeth, that somehow the pressure affects this and the gums are reacting. I mean, they're responding to these forces by receding. And it's hard to fix receding gums. They don't grow back. And once the gums recede, your teeth are very sensitive. A lot of people don't like the way they look. There's a real cosmetic, aesthetic issue, of course, when we smile. So root cause of gum recession, other than overbrushing and gum disease, of course, is grinding and clenching. So there is a connection and the root cause, of course, would be everything I mentioned that relate to grinding. So it could be the stress, it could be the diet, it could be medication, diet meaning caffeine intake. And certainly, and this is where I usually look and find something and find something that I can fix, a sleep collapsing airway. So anyway, I hope that answers the question. As usual, I've kind of gone on and on and uh, hopefully I wasn't too long-winded. I threw a lot of stuff in there. If you have any other questions, anyone on this, uh, something more specific perhaps, I'm happy to answer that as well. But great question, a lot going on there. And again, I'm so glad that you asked about root cause. Really, that's what, as a functional dentist, I really want to fix this once and for all. I don't want you coming back in and having that night guard replaced every time your dog or cat chews it or you lose it or you wear it out. People that grind a lot, even people that wear Invisalign, they will literally wear holes through this incredibly strong material that we make these night guards out of. It is so sad to see. So definitely see a functional dentist, see someone who is willing to address the root causes and go deep, like into sleep and all that, or at least refer you out for someone like that. So anyway, I hope that answers the question. Try and definitely fix your clenching and grinding. And remember, there are two categories now. You're grinding at night, that's sleep proxism, and clenching and grinding during the day, daytime grinding. Oh, and, and let me add that if your child is grinding, you know, from age one to, you know, 12 years old, address that. They may grow out of it, but especially in the early years for your one or two or three year old, especially if they're mouth breathing, that could be a sleep disorder. And 
obviously you want to deal with that as early as you possibly can. So again, typically the root cause for a child grinding and, and clenching is a sleep disorder breathing issue. And that definitely you need to get a referral to someone an ear, nose, and throat MD sleep specialist that specializes in children. And it could be anything from adenoids to tonsils being removed, but also addressing myofunctional habits and mouth breathing. So definitely don't overlook that. That's not something cute like snoring, a snoring child or a grinding child. That's something you definitely want to address. So that's it. The end of another episode of Ask the Dentist. Morgan, thank you so much for asking that question. A little complicated, but again, so important to talk about. And it's important to realize that, and I hope I emphasize this enough, you really need to have a good relationship with a dentist because it is complicated and it's very difficult to know exactly what's going on. Oral health is so important for overall health. And if you're not addressing it and seeing a dentist on a regular basis, then you are compromising your systemic health, your overall health, and even your longevity and your well-being. So I'm hoping that all this talking on this podcast is encouraging you to see your dentist. And at least now you have something to talk about, right? You've got a lot more information and this hopefully will lead to a better result for you. Anyway, if you have any questions, anyone out there has a question for me, very excited to be able to answer it for you on this podcast. Go to speakpipe.com at Ask the Dentist. And if you want just some general information or you're not sure what to ask and you just want to browse a little bit, go to askthedentist.com. That's a website that my daughter and I have had up for about 10 years now. We keep adding to it. It would be my pleasure and honor if you would read and find out more about oral health there. And if you have questions, go ahead and ask. That's the premise of askthedentist.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you're having a great day today. And I hope that this added something to your day. And please pass on this information to others. It's so important. And again, the power of a smile is absolutely just mind-blowing. So I'll end with that. Again, love all of you guys. And I look forward to seeing you again at the next episode next week. Thank you very much. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search our Find a Dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.